0: Travel with us now through the dimensions of time, beyond even the furthest stars, as we search out new and wondrous worlds far from Eternia. On this journey, we will review comics, movies, shows, and more that hold a special place in our own fandom. What new world will be discovered this week? Find out right now, as Legends of Skull goes off world they're able now to bring people back from the dead they're able to de-age them so in their 30s even though they're in their 70s now they're back in 30s again and all that stuff it's pretty nuts and that's like it's that whole oh we're we're cryogenically freezing walt disney's head no they're not doing that to disney they're doing it to star wars actors and to robert downey jr and to all these other people (laughs)
1: And and that's it's it's crazy, right? Like, at what point do you do you just recast and try and find somebody to, like like is this the long term plan for Star Wars? Like, whenever we want to kind of dip back into the Return of the Jedi era, or like you know, right after Return of the Jedi, between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Like, we're gonna mm. do the de-aging thing? Like, I don't, it just, it does. Not trying to give away any spoilers, but it, it just, it doesn't seem like the best method to me. You no. Know, uh, it was, it personal. was cool and Mandalorian for like that scene, but now that seems like they're yeah. gonna dip back again a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, don't we just. Uh, when do we move on? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and. I mean, I don't know how much it cost them to do the effects, but there is a part of me going cheap. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you rather just pay a little bit to have and and, uh, everybody goes to him. But Sebastian Stan, just put him in a Jedi robe and give him the green lightsaber for an episode or two. I'm not going to sit there and complain. They already had Han Solo recast in a movie. Why is it such a big deal to have... I mean, the guy really does look a lot like Mark Hamill back in his prime. Oh, absolutely. Why not? Let him have the chance. Fans are already accepting of that and going, oh, maybe they'll get him. And instead, they're doing CGI constantly. And then it leaves a lot of people going, well, there's this one frame where it looked a little off. and It's like if you put an actor in playing him and just saying, this is who's going to be Luke... You got it. I guess I should check.
1: Obviously, I guess we're into spoilers, but, and hopefully Jesse saw this from Book of Oh, he's been watching
0: it all the time. So what? He's he's (laughs) fine.
1: (laughs) I still haven't seen the last episode. I'm on the last episode. I haven't finished it yet, but I've seen, obviously we're talking about Luke Skywalker. He's back again, and... Mm Yeah, I, I, I really I think care. that this was the moment where they should have... Ca- I was actually disappointed this time to see the CGI Luke again. Not that I think it looks bad, but just like, okay, guys, you're obviously going down this path. Like I said, like, isn't it time to move on? Jesse, you're being awfully quiet over there.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: I, I don't know. I, like, I I think... That I think it looked really good. I think it was yep. definitely steps and leaves better than the first one. I think so too. The first I time they did it, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know story wise. I think they're definitely going to seed some stuff for Luke. You know, and I don't think this is a spoiler. You know, starting his academy and his right. his new temple that leads to where the sequels went. Um. I think they'll recast him if they're going to have him be a main character. Um, since it was, you know, the one episode in Mandalorian and now in in Book of Boba Fett, you know, yeah. um, and a lot of that they were able to do like the running and flipping and like the off camera stuff. So I mean, he was in it more; he was more expressive and all that. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Def- yeah. And the technology, and it's really weird uh, with the voice. They they basically did a deep fake of his voice too.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta lighten it up so there. Just, Especially his he, he's gotten really gravelly over the years, so you And I guess yeah, that's Well
2: the, he didn't record anything for it.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, really? that's what I heard. I heard too. Well,
2: currently it's all taken from old uh Sean when we were talking about this, the old uh, radio plays and mm-hmm. um like movies he was in from that time period, like they just mm-hmm cataloged all his dialogue
0: and so basically did a... They a James E talked it. Exactly.
1: James <laughs> E talked it. Uh, James Faker. James talked. He uh, did the oh, return of oh, Faker. Oh. That's exactly yeah, what they I, did for all the dialogue. They went back to the old E Man cartoons, catalog well, James just knows like all of it but by heart. But yeah, they and they pulled bits here and there and assembled their dialogue. Um mm-hmm. That's interesting. I thought they were doing more voice modification. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, like, this... It just seems like an awful lot of work, you know? Whereas... Mm -hmm. And I get what you're saying. If if he becomes the main character, they'd have to recast him. But I guess my thing is, why not just lock someone down now? Like, put them Mm -hmm. out there, especially with his expanded role in that Boba Fett episode. Like, it's... It wasn't just one scene anymore. He had a big part to play there. It's just weird. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to Legends of Grayskull presents Offworld, the podcast where we go (laughs) offworld.
3: Yeah. Today, we're (laughs)
1: jumping away from the magical land of Eternia. And we're going to another galaxy. Not the Star Wars galaxy, not the far, far away one. But we are questing for a new galaxy, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I'm Matthew Dooch. Here again, I've got Jesse to my side. i got Sean down below. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening?
2: I'm doing just dandy.
0: <laughs> you, dandy <laughs> you look like you are dandy. Look at... Look at that smile of his. Oh, I'm still getting over his hold, but other than that, hey, I'm happy to be here as always. So you know me. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Oh, I hate it. This is this is the worst. Oh. Yeah,
1: I, I had oh, mine wow. slightly before yours, and I I've still got this nasal thing going on. So, but mm-hmm. we persevere. We're doing it for you guys, for the
2: fans.
0: Pushing forward. We're we do We got as my wife would call it. Yep. I have an
2: insane cramp in my foot, and it's driving me crazy. But I'm going <laughs> to smile. <and> smile.
0: <laughs> He's the crampist. Flex it, flex it.
2: Uh, that oh. makes it worse. We're, it talk- of, uh, by it
1: down. we're talking about <laughs> medical insurance earlier. We we're talking about yeah. the early bird buffets. Now we're doing foot <laughs> cramps. Welcome to
0: the geriatric podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's supposed to be wearing New Balance. I figured he'd be fine. I got that. you got that. Oh well, gosh,
2: the g- New Balance again.
1: You gotta get the New Balance. You gotta get the Doctor Shoals to go yeah. in the New Balance. Dr.
0: Scholes, that's right. All right, they <laughs> gotta get in there. But then I you do have to cut them down. Arch support. To put them in the
1: shoe. <laughs> uh, before we get into oh. our topic for the night, there is one quick thing I wanted to get your guys opinions on and it came up uh, a while ago I, actually back in November but this is the probably the first time since then that I've thought about it and both of you gentlemen have been on so uh, this article is courtesy of Screen Rant and this is titled X-Men Animated Series Reboot Happening Releasing on Disney Plus in 2023 Uh, X-Men the Animated Series is officially being rebooted for Disney Plus and will begin streaming in 2023. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, X-Men the Animated Series, which debuted in 1992, followed the stories of the X-Men for five seasons and featured some of the biggest mutants in Marvel history. Originally created by Eric LeWald, Sidney Iwanter, and Mark Edens, X-Men the Animated Series became a huge hit during the 90s. Fans of the show loved how it brought some of the characters' best comic stories to life in a new way, and most viewers were disappointed to learn of its cancellation in 97 after 76 episodes. Um, And they... blah 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 blah, I'm not going to read all this. Uh, The series is currently known as X-Men 97 and will debut in 2023. According to additional information shared by the rap, X Men 97 will pick up where X Men, the animated series, left off. It will also bring back all of the original voice actors that are still with us. So, I know you guys have both been into X Men. Were you into the 90s animated series? And what do you guys think about this revival?
0: I'm going to let Jesse take the first because he's the he's, he's the long-term X-Men guy out of the two of us that um, you're asking. I will try to be
2: concise but entertaining. <laughs> um, I watched That's it all I, asked. Was, I was excited for it as a kid because okay. it was more X-Men. After I watched the first episode or two, I was immediately disappointed. Um, I would still watch it because it was, you know, you know, like this go the saying goes, you know, there's, you know, even bad Star Wars is still Star Wars, you know, it was that kind of a thing. Um, I don't think I made it, I don't think I've watched the whole series, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, when I heard the news about this show coming back, my and that's me, Like I didn't like it, but I know it was a huge gateway for a lot of people to get into it, and a lot of people love that show. So, for me, I'll check it out, because I love the animation on What If. I'm not saying it's going to be the same as the What If, but no, yes, actually, I'm assuming from, it's the same studio.
1: I couldn't find a, a, a collaborative... A crab, bleh, I can't say that word tonight... I couldn't find a good source for it, but I've heard that it's actually going to be hand-drawn. Like they're going with the '90s style. It will not be CGI or anything. It will be not be computer oh. animated. Is is the rumor I'm hearing? Like they really want it to be, you know, season eight of the '90s. Mm. So now, real real quick, just to just to get into something here, because now for me you know, being a bit younger, like, this was literally my introduction to the X-Men. You know, I checked out some comics after that, but this was, you know, Afternoons on Fox Kids is how I learned most of my X-Men lore. So... Mm
2: -hmm. I'm so sorry.
1: What? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I guess that's the thing, though, because, like, I get that. Obviously, the team that you start off with is kind of an amalgamation of you know, what I would later find out is kind of the the first team and the second team. But, like, a lot of the lore personally seems to match up with what, with, you know, the story arcs that it's kind of pulled from. Like, I'm not saying it's exact, but, you know, they did Dark Phoenix. They did, you know, Omega Red. And, you know, just the, the you know, the, the, the Sentinels and stuff like that. Like, they pulled... It seems like they were pulling from the comic story, so what was it that that turned you off from it? Uh, what am I missing, I guess I'm, I'm wondering, as a long-time comic reader?
2: No, no it, well, I mean, because Sean got me into the comics, what, like a year, year and a half before the show started, so I wasn't even in it that deep, but I guess I got hooked deep enough that it was like... Like, I was a 12-year-old fanboy, you know, like, nope. That's not rogue. That's not how Wolverine talks. Like that's not the. Let's like I don't know. It just, um, and there's a bit of bitterness still to this day that some people like do that when they I see them in costumes or I keep seeing like the figures based on that art style, and everybody going crazy for it. I'm like, oh, it's not even a good version of them. <laughs> but I will say this: you were right. It is a lot closer to the comics. Um, then I give it credit for, um, but they also are a lot, they're a lot closer to the comics than the movies. So, um, you know, I'll give them props for
0: that. Fair enough. Sean, anything to add? I, the only episode of that entire series I ever got to see was the Night of the Sentinels one that was in the VHS that I think Pizza Hut Pizza? was giving away yep. at the time. I had them. A- <laughs> and I, cause honestly, I was, I was living in the woods. Jesse can verify this. I was living on a mountain in the woods and we <laughs> could only get three or four channels sure. in at any time. And so I never got to watch the show, but I had so many comic books in my room. That I didn't need to watch the show. I was all about the comics, and and for me, a lot of it was the visuals of the Jim Lee, Will Sportsio, Mark Silvestri artwork of that time. That when I saw the cartoon, I was like, none of this makes me excited. It doesn't look they 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 had a generic look to try to make it feel like you would read the comics, but it felt watered down and. For me, I, I agree. That's what I was going to say, actually, what Jesse was saying. It's better than the movies if you want to go to this is what the it feels like to read X-Men, at least. Right. At least in that era. But um, it, it's not something for me that I, it was never a part of my childhood, the same way the comics were. Um, but hearing certain voice actors, that for me was one of the, you know, how are they going to have this guy that sound or this... And the main one for me was Wolverine, because he was always the hardest one to pin down in casting, even in movies at that point. So all of a sudden you have that, like, Clint Eastwood, you know, this one's for you, Marf, and all that. And I'm like, that works. It, it, honestly, it didn't, bo- it didn't bother yeah. me nearly as much as it probably did Jesse, because Jesse was a huge Wolverine and rogue guy at that point. Um but man, like I was a Gambit guy, and just listening to him on that show on that VHS, I was like, "Oh my god, shut up!" Like I couldn't take it. I was like, "Gumbo, just stop talking." You're, it's like you're supposed to be charming and all. You you say Gambit, this Gambit, that. you sound slow, dude. Don't don't do this. Um, so yeah, I, I and 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 the other thing for me was I knew Colossus was never a part of the show, and he showed up as a villain first and that kind of annoyed me from what i understood but maybe i'm wrong with what i heard about I, that
1: cuz I, I think in i the- know i've seen him fighting alongside the x-men i don't like just, I, I watched it i had the pizza hut vhs's i mm-hmm. definitely did not see i've never seen the entire series um mm-hmm. so i i just know he he was a good guy in the episodes I saw him. I remember him fighting against Omega Red, and then I also remember him uh, an episode where he helped Jubilee in New York. Like,
0: so. okay, well maybe I heard wrong, but I, I could have sworn but somebody they said he was part of that Magneto's acolytes. First, they could have like, done it. It wouldn't line.
1: surprise me to have him do the the you know villain turned
0: hero. It was it's a, it's a pretty common trope. Because I don't know, for me, I went back to the you, you have the original first five from the Stanley Jack Kirby era and then you add in Havoc Polaris later in there and then you go into the 70s and you have your United Nations team basically Storm Colossus Thunderbird uh, Banshee and all those other characters Wolverine obviously Nightcrawler and, um, yep. and for me I was like he was basically their Superman he was legitimately through and through a good hearted person who wanted to protect the people he cared about and then I'm like, oh, he's, he shows up as a villain first. Well, that was a part of the story that actually mattered to show his progression as a character, not that's how he shows up. He was supposed to be a good guy throughout. So that kind of annoyed me in that way too. But like I said, if, if I heard that wrong, I retract that, but I will, the only other, uh, thing I could say, um, that for me was a positive was, uh, the theme song to that show was miles better. Than that damn pride of the X-Men. X-Men, X-Men, X-Men. <laughs> it's like, X-Men, X-Men, save the day. Uh, oh my god. Da- 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 oh, get that
3: going.
0: Jesse's gonna throw something, but it didn't bother me as oh, much. Oh, come Bart, on. You don't not even like no, no, no. the theme? It's... <laughs> it's better. It's just <laughs> one
3: of those
2: so I'm going to go to I sleep hearing that, and the fact that they kind of incorporated that into the movie theme was, yeah. it, it didn't work for
0: me. So, well, I'm he, glad other aren't I t- heard people like. Here's the thing. Here, just going back to to what Matt and I always do our our uh, our skill set with masters. I mean, the He-Man commercial started off with a timpani drum going He-Man, He-Man. And then you go to filmation he and they blow the roof off the joint <laughs> and now, you know, and it's a, it kind of the same thing there. It's like that that isn't my He-Man, but I'd rather have that than just He-Man walk around, He-Man, He-Man, you know, that way. So <laughs> I'll take what I can get, but that, that Pride of the X-Men theme song, every time I hear that, I cringe and I literally roll up into a ball. Cause I'm like, I don't, oh my God, like it was on the video game. Yeah. The the four player or whatever it was. And every yeah, time all those designs it, were like, from oh, Pride. Oh, yep. why are you doing this to me? So. <laughs> now,
1: I will say, yeah. Kitty, Kitty Pride did get the shaft in the 90s there. Like, she. I don't think she ever appeared on the 90s series. I could be wrong about that,
0: but if she did, she it was. was... X,
2: she was an Excalibur at the time, so there was no reason to have her in the cartoon.
0: Yeah, and on top of that, they also had Jubilee, and she was kind of your I, kid character, compared right? To Jubilee kid, and was a more relatable one. Her,
1: Jubilee took her opinion. spot, unfortunately, which is why. Yeah, um, I think we can all agree that X Men Evolution was the superior X Men series.
0: I like that one, for the most part. <laughs> I remember I, I saw that one, and I actually was like, "Oh, I want to! I want to watch more of this." Now that one I have
1: seen from beginning to end. That's actually a really good series. It does not follow the comics like mm -mm. at all. That's the
0: one where they're in high school, basically, right?
3: Yeah, they start in high school, but
1: they actually they grow up. Like there's actually a progression progression throughout the seasons, and it winds up
0: it's the whole thing is
1: their origin story it starts them off earlier and then by the finale they are the x-men you know like they became the team that you wanted it's smallville to yeah it's, it's but the, you it's actually the got you like you actually got payoff at the end and they actually like they start off with you know them being in hiding and and you know with their powers and everything and then by the end like mutants get exposed and that's when you have like the senators start coming in and trying Mm -hmm. to govern and everything so while it like I said while 90's X-Men like followed the comic storyline closer like X-Men Evolution it started kind of earlier in their age you know the characters Mm -hmm. ages but to me it it kind of follows the heart of X-Men a little bit more so, mm-hmm. and it had Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler in it from the
0: start, and I love those two. So. Yeah, I like those characters. And gen- like the the animated series was heavily heavily based on the rosters of the era, right? And honestly, like i i was I was not a blue team fan. There was the blue and the gold team. The blue team was mostly what was highlighted on the animated su- show. But then instead of Psylocke, they had Storm, yeah, or something. You know, they they kind of swapped out certain characters that might have been a little more risque for kids to see at that era, I guess. But I, I was always more of the Gold Team because you had Iceman, Archangel, Je- Jean Grey, Storm, Colossus. It's like you had pretty much like the heart of the X Men for me in those teams, with the exception of probably like Cyclops, and it's like those guys were kind of like the. Oh, they're always there we're gonna we're gonna do these guys are the i hate to say the word and i know jesse's gonna throw something again the extreme ones because we've got wolverine and gambit on it now and stuff and i was like okay i've seen wolverine on the x-men for how many years it's not that extreme anymore <laughs> <laughs> so fair enough yeah all
3: right
1: let's move on to our topic for tonight
0: In the far reaches of the galaxy a civilization is under siege. We are all that is left. They've searched the universe for a leader.
2: Stay tuned for scenes from next week's Galaxy Quest. Never give up.
0: Never surrender. You will save us. What they got? Never give up and never surrender. We're struggling TV actors.
3: You
1: are our last hope. Where's my limo?
0: <laughs> Okie dokie. And they're about to put on a command performance. Eight million light years away. We are
2: actors, not astronauts. You are our protectors.
3: That was a hell of a thing.
0: Now, Laredo, take us out.
1: Get him to move to the right.
0: Would you sit your, your ass, ass down? Up. You want to drive this to... Acting like heroes... <laughs> the whole thing was oh. just a misunderstanding. Stanley. ...may not be enough.
3: They look like little children. Hi, little guy.
0: I'm done. DreamWorks Pictures presents... Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Galaxy Quest. You're just going to have to kill it. We'll go for the mouth the throw his vulnerable spots. It's a rocket It doesn't have any vulnerable spots.
1: Galaxy Quest. Starring Tim Allen, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Tony Shalhoub, Sam Rockwell, and Daryl Mitchell. It depicts the cast of a fictional, defunct cult television series, Galaxy Quest, who are drawn into a real interstellar conflict when they are visited by actual aliens who think the series is an accurate documentary. It was released on December 25th, 1999. It has a runtime of 102 minutes. Its budget was $45 million dollars. And its worldwide box office, it took in $90.7 million. uh Modest box office success, positively received by critics and fans alike. It won the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation and the Nebula Award for Best Script. Uh, it was included in the Reader's Digest list of the top 100 funniest movies of all time, and Star Trek fans voted it the 7th best Star Trek film of all time. Yes. Nice. So, <laughs> Galaxy Quest. How did you guys first get introduced to this? Well, Someone, take it away. Um, or Jesse? Oh, okay. I don't care. I'm
0: just trying to get somebody to talk quicker when I say something. I'm trying. The way I look at it is, I figure Jesse is our guest because I'm always on the show with you, so I kind of want. No, him no, to, this is off He, he can the, jump in. He's the he third wants, so. host
1: on Off World. Even Travis Bowles knows
0: that. <laughs> That's true. He did name drop that week. Yeah. Yes.
1: Jeremy's been on an episode
0: with well, him, but is Travis drinking. is the only one who knew it. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> Jesse, take it away.
2: No, um, I'm sure I saw because 99. I was I was off in Missouri in college, so I'm sure I saw previews because I would go to the movies all the time. So I'm sure I saw the previews for it. That's you know, it was yep. a, I was aware of it. Came home for Christmas break, and I mean, I think that's the reason Sean was kind of hesitating is because <laughs> our story is pretty much the same on this. Like we went and saw it together. I don't think it was Christmas Day, but it was. I don't know if we saw opening day, but we saw in the first couple days it was out. I'm pretty sure you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, here, but well, that's
0: well, I, I know for me, for me, it was kind of surprising. My mom and my dad never went to movies on Christmas. And this was the year we broke that tradition. Cause my mom saw the previews to this mm-hmm. and she's like, we're going. And I'm like, do you want to see that? Cause I thought, when I saw the previews, I thought it was making fun of Star Trek. And yes. my mom likes Star Trek enough that I'm like, why would you want to see something that's making fun of Star Trek? And I'm like, all right, I got nothing better to do. We opened all the presents. We just had lunch. Fine. If you want to go, uh, uh, you know, it's like I was always mom's uh, date to the movies half the time because my dad never cared to go to the movies. And we saw it. And I remember leaving the theater going, I can't believe how great that was. And then you and I ended up going later. Cause like, I couldn't believe how cool it was and I'm like, I'll go see it again. Cause that's like, yeah, it's those, it, it's, it's not like you're, um, yeah. it's not like you're, you know, bending, bending me backwards to make me want to go see this one more time. Cause I had a blast seen it the first time and, um, never would I have expected to find so much in one movie that was labeled as and, like a
1: comedy. And that's it, right? Like most people thought it was a spoof on Star Trek. Like, you know, really, even in, like, the, the you know, scary movie type, type vein. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I got a quote here, actually, I want to read, and it's the perfect plot for it. I had originally not wanted to see Galaxy Quest because I heard that it was making fun of Star Trek, and then Jonathan Frakes rang me up and said, you must not miss this movie. See it on a Saturday night in a full theater, and I did. And, of course, I found it was brilliant. Brilliant. No one laughed louder or longer in the cinema than I did. But the idea <laughs> that the ship was saved and all of our heroes in that movie were saved simply by the fact that there were fans who did understand the scientific scientific principles on which the ship worked was absolutely wonderful. And it was both funny and also touching in that it paid tribute to the dedication of these fans. And that was, of course... Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. who was quoted there. Um, Jonathan Frakes had great things to say about it. They're, I mean, you can look it up, right? There, there are all these Star Trek actors because they get asked about Galaxy Quest to this day. And every, si- I looked it up. Every single one of them absolutely loves it. They, you know, Jonathan is quoted as saying that it feels like the writers. Had sat in, in a conversation between the cast members or read their personal mail to each other. Like, um, <laughs> uh, Will Whedon said the only thing he doesn't like about Galaxy Quest is that he was not in it. He said he mm. would have loved to have been in it. He wanted to play a fan who, who is, um, like ragging on Laredo. Because they put a kid in the show as the
0: pilot, that would have been great. Yes, <laughs> that would have been, <laughs> <would've> been awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the, that is about the only thing I've heard that could make Galaxy Quest a better movie is if you had Will Whedon making fun of the fact that a kid's piloting the ship. That, uh, mm. but yeah, I'm honestly like I saw the previews for it. It was one of those movies where I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go see that. Even, or maybe I'll just wait for blockbusters. You know, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a must-see movie, but it was like, oh, that looks like it could be funny. You know, watch it once, mm-hmm. whatever. And my friend Nick, his mom worked for a uh, paper down where I was living at the time, and she got uh, screener passes to see it. So, and she gave them to Nick, and he took me with him, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go see it for free and early, yeah, and same thing, like, I was blown away by how deep the movie really is, how funny it is, how serious it is, how, like, everything rolled up into one, it is, it is just, it impacted me in a way I did not expect going into the theater that night, and Honestly, I've never even been that big of a, a Star Trek fan, necessarily. Like, I don't think I've seen maybe a couple episodes of the original series. Next Generation, I did watch quite a bit of that with my dad. And then Voyager, we watched a little bit of. But that's... Yeah, of course, I've seen the movies and stuff. Um, but what about you guys? Like, what, what kind of level of Star Trek fandom are you guys
0: in? Uh, I, I grew up with a mom who that was awesome to her she she would watch the original series if they were running reruns she she showed me how to do this when i was a kid yep yep because yep. she knew how to do that and ironically uh when i got married my father-in-law uh, uh who passed away uh, a while back now that was his blessing to my wife and i he he said he you know he knew this old blessing and he just wanted to give it to us and just live long and prosper and he just said that that was the, all he had to say that day and I just got such a kick out of that but yeah I grew up with it all the time my mom uh, she was telling me the ins and outs of Rath of Khan when I was five and I'm just sitting there going okay you know yeah. like I, I liked Mr. Spock because he looked interesting and I liked that he he usually was the go to guy when they had their chips down usually and all that stuff and uh, McCoy was always fun. because, Damn it, Jim! I'm a fill in the blank. You know, I'm a doctor. Not a fill in the blank or whatever. <laughs> so I grew up with it, and right. and it never went away. But it was never something I went after myself. Um, the way I did because of this move. Right. Right. So
2: for me, um, you know, I was aware of the old show, the the original series. Yep. Um. To me, it was like Gilligan's Island or, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Not, obviously it was different, but like it was just of that era yeah. of stuff.
1: And it was on reruns. It was, it was just there. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I guess cause I grew up into a family with uh, most of my siblings were teenagers by the time I was born. Um, and they were more into Star Wars and more of the action-y stuff. So, like right. that's kind of what was in the house. Um, when Next Generation came out, my stepdad would have me watch that with him, and uh, I didn't like the show because I did not want to spend time with my stepdad. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, so that I associated that with a thing he liked, so I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, and then I think Sean, I know I went with you and your mom to see. Was it? Uh, undiscovered country with the original there, crew.
0: Yeah, there was there. I think it was the one where it was like the murder mystery. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe it was a different one. But there yeah, was one be, where it was like that. Be undiscovered. They pinned country. everything on. Yeah, they pinned everything on uh, Kirk. Yep. And then yeah. and Bones got sent to the prison planet, and all. and, and um, that one was one of the few where I was sitting through it, going, "This is actually pretty freaking great." Yeah, like I enjoyed that movie, and I like the fourth one. Because of how you know you don't you don't expect them to be coming to our era back in the eighties and save the whales. Oh yeah. yeah, but then you see like Spock giving a broken neck pinch to the punk guy on the bus. It's like, they, 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 d- well, dumbass, we'll double dumbass on you, and I double everything <laughs> they say to you, Spock. That's how you handle it. It's like I like that, but yeah. it was never like a you know like if I would watch that show, it was never with the kind of seriousness that the fans would have had for it and the, and the reverence it would have usually been, well, this is something my mom likes and it's by, it's a byproduct of she likes it, therefore I'm at least aware of it and it doesn't bother me and I find something about it that I like even though it's not something I would search out myself.
2: All right, so jump I'll in. say... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'll say one last thing I was going to say. Galaxy Quest and even more recently The Orville um, actually make me appreciate what star trek was and what it did like when it started you know without getting into all that but like these two comedies that were kind of spoofs but also very much in res- like respectful right. spoofs yeah um made me appreciate star trek more to where i've been a little more open to, to going back and trying stuff so nice.
1: All right, so jumping into the movie itself, we'll follow our usual format here with positive uh then a negative, then another positive. So, Sean, kick us off with a positive about Galaxy Quest.
0: Oh man, which which do I pick? Um I got to I got to go with my gut reaction, the heart of it. The absolute heart of that movie is I get emotional to this day. When I watch that movie, there's certain parts. Alan Rickman brings something to that role. Yes, that you would not expect him to. You would think this is something where he'd be like, "I'm making a paycheck." He brings something to Doctor Lazarus that you don't. You don't automatically assume this guy's going to bring this level and caliber to that character because one of my absolute favorite moments and our, our uh, Jesse and my friend uh uh Andrew Kaplan he. He's kind of our tri, trifecta uh, when we talk around it. He's a local guy. He, um, he brought this up to me one day and it put the whole scene that I want to reference in, in such a great perspective. He's like, imagine you just got shot in that hallway and you're that kid that's hanging around with, with Dr. Lazarus and he's doing the whole, you know, I, I always saw you as a father, even yep. though I never knew my father and all that stuff. And you have that moment of, Him not wanting to say the line. Anybody who tries to say the line to him, he just shuts down. And even the one guy who doesn't even say it right, by by the moons of Zeta! And he just grabs his his photo, signs it, and throws it back at him. And and then all of a sudden you have that moment where he realizes this means something to this guy. This actually was not a joke. This was... And it wasn't even his career. This to this kid is is his father he's looking at. And he does... Like Hammer by the Sons of War, Man, you shall be a yeah. And I'm like, every time I see that moment, I and have a tear because it—it's the heart in there is encompassed for me in that little moment of that interaction, and it, it, it's it, like if you think this is a parody, you watch that moment and you're like, no, no, like, this movie is really, really wanting to tell a great story. And this proves that to me. Right.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the the smile on Quillix's face as he passes like that. like yeah. I'm, that's this the best I could have ever hoped for. Like he's he's exactly. going out a hero in his mind, you know.
0: Exactly, and that's the yeah. thing,
1: right? Getting into it, uh, it's not a spoof at all. It's I wouldn't even say it's 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 a parody. It's it's literally just what if the actors from star trek had to go on a mission mhm like that it's it's so serious the comedy is in the fish out of water stuff but the story yes. is 100% serious it's 100% heart from beginning to end that's the thing i wanted to originally say well once it turns it turns but really it's there the whole time like it never it doesn't start off as like the happy go lucky comedy and then like takes the dark turn, like all throughout it's it's the the comedy is in the fish out of water. That's that's yeah. about it. Other than that, it is played a hundred percent straight the entire time. And that's yeah they own it. They they lean into it and that's what makes it great. That's what makes you resonate with it.
0: The the concept and the story of this movie makes me so jealous that Someone else thought of it. Well, it's so it is a brilliant, simple idea. It's it's like the the best movies for me are the ones with the simplest mm-hmm. idea, mm-hmm. and it's just the execution of that idea. Sometimes they don't work at all, and then there's other times where you're just sitting there going, "How did I not think of this?" and try to yeah. sell it to Hollywood. This is amazing, and and that- for me, it's like it, well, the thing the thing for me is. There's so many people there are generation like you and I okay for instance, you and I have had a little conversation back and forth privately that I'll bring out here a little bit Mr <laughs> whole what what is it about our heroes that keeps bringing us back to them and yeah. still what what stories are key are keeping us invested in these brands that we love what is it about these characters and these stories and this movie is that? Like if you have an if you want an answer, just go go watch Galaxy Quest because yes, it's not Star Trek. Yeah. But this is how it feels to be a fan of Star Trek and see those characters in such a way that they mean something. To, those characters meant so much to those Thermians that they needed them. They were the only people they could fathom as we need your help. It's the the Princess Leia Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Let's get them and get that. We need help. We need to get somebody. You are all that hope and all that. And to have these washed up actors who are feeling like their careers are over. Mm-hmm. I mean Taggart's drinking himself to death, or not to death, but to sleep every yeah. night. And he's he's become that guy. And, uh, you know, Alan Rickman is. Fun. You know, he's the one. Like, uh, I'm not going to say it. the show must go on. Damn you! You know, and all that. Stuff. And that's it.
1: And that's something especially science fiction actors face is they get typecast so yeah. easily to where okay, that is that is Spock, that is Kirk, that is Picard. like it's it's very mm-hmm. hard for them to then make a career. Out of it. And that's exactly what these characters are having to do. They're having to try. And basically, all they can do is do these conventions, do these guest appearances, do these store openings, mm-hmm. because no one can see them in any other role.
0: I grabbed Thar's hammer. What a savings. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Jesse, you've been too quiet over there. What's your
2: positive? I mean, my positive. Um, I mean, it's kind of coming right out of where you were just saying is um, it's the cast themselves. Yes. And um, how in a way they were kind of typecast in the roles that they play. Cause like Tim Allen at 99, he was still coming off a home improvement. Yeah. Like he was still pretty yep. big, but like it was on the downward slope. I think at that point, um, right. And know, this was Sigourney Weaver had got,
1: I was just going to say, and this was kind of his breakout. This was Tim Allen trying to show that he could do something yeah. else, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's kind of... Actually, I, I know the role was offered to Kevin Kline before him. Um, somebody else I forget now. But the original director of this film was Harold Ramis. And Ramis... Left the project when Tim Allen got casted because he didn't feel that Tim could do the movie justice. Um, mm. And so he, Remus actually left. He quit. And actually, after seeing the movie, he did go on record saying he was completely wrong
0: and Tim knocked this role out of the park. So, he did. He did, absolutely. <laughs> And, and don't forget Sam... I mean, Sam Rockwell...
2: Well, yeah. Yeah, in go ahead, Oh, God.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: you got... Tim Allen is the... You know, doing that. And then you've got Sigourney Weaver, who's been... Um, I mean, she was in the two Ghostbuster movies. She was in the Aliens movies. Not that she hasn't done other things, but she was kind of... I guess she was kind of doing, like, the typical stand-in for, like, the female character, where she was just the sex appeal. But, like, she had played recurring characters already. Right. So for her, her character in this to be like that place, um, Alan Rickman, of course, being British and, and everything like, brought, I mean, he's walking around <laughs> yes. his apartment. He's got a schlubby little apartment and he's walking around with his full prosthetics on the whole
3: thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, like
2: he does it, he hates it so much, but he still can't be bothered to take it off, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and then, um, Laredo, I don't remember the actor's name. I, um, he was like the fresh-faced kid, so, you know, like with Will Wheaton, you know, he's the one that grew up as the kid in the spotlight, so he never got to do anything else. Um, and then, yeah, with, with Sam Rockwell, the only thing I knew <laughs> him from before this was, you know, regular, regular Menthol from, from yeah. the Turtles movie, you know? And I don't even think I put that together at that point. No. You know, he was that much of a unrecognizable name to me. But um, and Tony Shaloub, I don't know. I know I had seen him in some things. I think by this Wings. point, but like he
1: was, he was you know. big. He was Antonio, Wings,
2: yes, Antonio Scarpacci. Yeah. that was a terrible <laughs> accent. So, and I think he's probably one of my favorite characters through the whole movie, just because he's not phased by anything. Dude. Like they teleport <laughs> in, you know. He's the last one. He's like, he's like, oh, what does he say? Like that was a hell of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just, like, completely, like, monotone. And, like, hey, what's wrong with them? Like, I don't know. Well, even even when they're, like, push down the turbo. It's all they meant for short bursts. And then he pushes down the turbo and he holds it down. He's, like, guys, FYI, the guys say the ship is falling apart. You know, FYI, (laughs) just in case, you know. And that's the end of it, you know. It's, like,
1: (laughs) that's, and that's because on on Tony's character, uh, Quan, I want to say, um, he was supposed to be a stoner. He was supposed to be stoned the entire time, (laughs) but DreamWorks really wanted that PG rating. So Mm -hmm. they had to remove any of the overt references to him being stoned, but he still played the Mm -hmm. character that way. And if you watch it again, he is eating in almost every scene. uh he is always yeah. getting a bag of chips. He's asking... Yeah. The, that's why he was late for the teleport. Because he was... Yeah. Hey, anybody got any quarters yeah. for the for the soup machine there? And uh, Yeah. 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 So, yeah. He was totally stoned the entire time. <laughs> that's awesome. So,
3: and that's it, right? Because I like, I every, never...
1: every character was supposed to have that different spot that they were in. You know, Sigourney Weaver, she was typecast. She was just the... She repeated the computer, and she had boobs. You know, that was yeah. her her role. Yeah. Taggart was, or Jason Nesmith was the the captain, you know, who's drinking now. Alan Rickman played the, the actor who's like, the, this is what I'm going to be known for. I did Macbeth. Yeah. I did this. I did that. But I'm going to be known yeah. as this guy with fins on my head. You know, and it's just, yeah. all those people just trying, it's all the de- the real life actor stereotypes and mm-hmm. but it's very real you know it's not it's not a made up stereotype it's these are the struggles that actors go through and that's like i said the heart the characters absolutely and phenomenal cast that's the thing i really feel yeah. like it was it was definitely released ahead of its time, I believe. Because if, if a movie of this caliber is released now with this cast, like it would make all of the monies. And, and granted, it did mm-hmm. well. But I still think it was a little ahead of its time. But at the same time, I think this is the cast that this movie needed. I can't imagine anybody else in these roles.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I- Every, every person in that cast brought something to the table that made the movie enjoyable in one way, shape, or form. I mean, to this day, I still quote Sam Rockwell in that, is there air? You don't know. And all that, you know, and, oh, that's not right. And all that stuff. And, 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 uh, you know, I mean, <clears throat> like I said, getting Alan Rickman to me was kind of like, really? You got yeah. him to play in this movie. And then when you see what he brings to it, it's like, <laughs> Dear Lord. And, and yeah, I, uh, it, it is funny, you know, with, it, you said Harold Ramis wanting to, it, it, Harold Ramis walking away from it. It's like, yeah, when I saw that movie, Tim Allen was channeling Shatner like crazy, yeah. but he did it, it. It's like what Chris Pine did. He did his own version of it where it wasn't over the top, but it was very much the, I'm the lead guy. I want the spotlight. And and, I, and that's what even, uh, Alan, R- oh, it always, you always wanted to steal the scene and all this stuff. And, yep. Oh, well, and that's it. They didn't. That. Yes,
1: he he kind of was inspired by Shatner, but he also didn't do Shatner. Which no, would he didn't have do Shat- which would have cheapened the movie, right? If he had just done yes. Shatner, if you know, Alan Rickman had just done Spock, like okay, then now we're then it would have been that parody movie that a lot of people thought yeah. it was going to be. Um, exactly. real quick I looked it up because it was bugging me uh so yeah Harold Ramis' first choice was Kevin Klein and then uh Alec Baldwin is who he wanted after that and then Tim Allen got it and he said I'm out so um, and I really can't see anybody other than Tim Allen in the role I, uh, me forgot. neither
0: anymore no he he absolutely yeah. nailed it so. Honestly, like the only person I think Kevin Klein, he would have been Lazarus better than maybe uh, than Taggart for me. Yeah, but Lazarus to me is always going to be Rick, and so it's like, yeah, I I could not picture him. No, and Alec Baldwin was not really like comedy guy yet then.
1: No. Um. So for my positive. It's it's very broad, but I think it's worth bringing up because it's something we struggle with a lot. I feel like a lot of modern shows and movies struggle immensely with it. Uh, the pacing. This movie is so well paced. I watched it today as a refresher, and every time I watch it, it just like it starts. You're in it. You're going, and you're done. Like there is no lag. There is no scene where you're just like, oh it's this scene again. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it it builds perfectly to that crescendo. It's got the nice little epilogue. It doesn't it doesn't spend any unnecessary time on any element. And it doesn't drag, it does it just boom. It here's the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and in that pacing, like nothing's throwaway, right? You know, you got the rock monster faces. Well, that comes back later. You know, when they when they need to defeat uh, Saris's minions. You know, yeah. you got everything that's dropped is built on. It comes back. Omega thirteen. They dropped that in the opening scene when they're playing yep. that the the final episode. You know, they drop mm-hmm. Omega thirteen, and you know that comes in like everything. That sprinkled... Nothing is wasted. They don't waste a scene. They don't waste a moment. And you feel it because you watch it and you just fly through it. And it's just a whirlwind of an adventure.
2: Yeah, and... Yeah, they let you you hang on the couple moments that you need to hang on. Like the scene with Alan Rickman in the... the, um, Quillick. You know, having that emotional moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you you get those moments. You get the stuff at the beginning with... um, uh, Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman talking about yeah. Tim Allen's character. You know, talking about how they're worried about him.
3: Yep.
2: You know, but it does. It it just clips along like nothing. Nothing over lingers. You know, there's not. Right. I'm not gonna say that out loud. Yeah. It it <laughs> moves. It's great. And it just. Yeah. There's no. There's no Nordic women singing for five minutes, sniffing
0: sweat. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Exactly. Uh, It it, and the other thing about it is they they don't let characters not have a moment either, which is great within how they edited it. Like I I still I still love the moment where like you see Tommy Laredo Mm -hmm. for the first time that they're in a battle. He's screaming and he doesn't know what to do with the the controls and all that. They're getting hit by the mines and the mines are getting stuck to the ship and all that. And then you you have the whole, he goes back, he watches the footage, and they're learning that the way that they're able to do their jobs is that is what they did on the show. Right. And it's between and I- uh Chen doing the controls, him doing it, and then you have the moment at the end where they're dragging minds, and that's how they're defeating Sarah. Yep. So that, it's like, he's just zooming in and out, and he's just like, okay, oh, and I'm like... How cool is right. that? They did their whole build-up, and they, but they didn't linger on it through the whole thing. No. They just let it happen in the background.
1: Like but that. they still mm-hmm. took the time to go, hey, you know, um, Jason Nesmith, Tim Allen's character, is coming up with this plan, and he said, you know, Laredo, you need to go study the you know, the old shows, the historical documents.
0: Yeah. like historical documents, yes.
1: Because you need to remember, your.' because he said it at the beginning, the same thing, like he, he, he said, he, he's like, yeah, I had a whole system. He's like, you need to go relearn that system because we're going to need you to pilot here in a little bit. Yes, we got a lot yeah. of shit going down. Ceres has control of the ship. But we're still going to take that moment to be like, you know, lots of lots of shows, movies would just go, oh, yeah, Laredo just remembered. Like, okay, you yeah. can pilot now. You know? Yeah. But they just took, just that, and same thing. They didn't sit there and be like, you know, Laredo, you know, messing up and we're spending 20 minutes. It's internal struggle. Like, I don't know if yeah. I can do it. No, he just goes and he does it. They show us and yeah. we're like, okay, we're good. Like he earned it, but it, man, nothing lingers. Nothing lingers too no. long. It's, it's, it's quite the amazing feat really. Um, mm-hmm. all right guys, negative Sean.
0: Negative is Alan Rickman is dead and I don't want to see a sequel ever for this movie I, because he was such a big yes. part of what made me love it. If I have to say a negative I, about the actual movie itself, though... I actually... I, I like that.
1: Honestly, I I completely agree. I There's obviously lots of talk about a sequel. There's been talks about a, a television show or a movie or both or a whole universe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to see it. I think this movie is too perfect. I don't see any way you can build on it, and mm-hmm. there's just too big of a chance for it to tarnish the original retroactively.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's the Star Wars syndrome for me right now. It's like you took 30 years to get to the point where now we're getting to see the behind the scenes of Luke trying to start the Jedi Academy, and you know it's like it took you almost 30 years at this point to get even the idea of a galaxy quest anything off the ground like no everybody's too old at this point i'm good yeah. you know like let's let's let it yes. be there and, and the negative for me is there won't be anything else it's just going to be this movie and it's it's so good and i always go back to it but i kind of wish there could have been something more did you guys, especially with the entire cast again
1: did you guys know there were comics
0: yes Okay. Yeah. Did, did you read them at all? I did not because I, I, I'm very weird about comics based on properties I like. Yeah.
1: I might check them out honest. now. I never knew there I never knew there was one. And there was actually two, I believe. So I might have to go check those out. But mm. uh, Jesse, what do you have for negative?
2: Well, I'm gonna piggyback off what Sean said real quick, not sure. as my negative, but just oh, no, yes, in that if they ever if they ever did something sequel-wise, I, I agree, I don't want it. Only way I'd want to see anything if, if is if the aliens that they established in this movie showed up in Orville. <laughs> like the, ra- the races, like as yeah. just like a nod, you know, like don't the, need them to say the, that Just have them
1: pass in the background with that weird walk, yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. like Et yeah.
2: e. in the Senate, you know, yeah. like <laughs> just just a little nod or like you know something like Saris in the background, you know. I love it. Like that would be a fun little thing, you know, for that. Um, my negative, and this is. It's really hard to find a negative about this movie, in my opinion, because it, yes. totally. it's such a superficial negative. Yep. But it always throws me off, and I when you see Sigourney Weaver shout at the end when they're in like the trash compactor <laughs> hallway sequence, I know and she's not saying what she's saying.
0: <laughs>
2: From day one in the theater, I'm like, she did not say screw that.
0: <laughs> she did not.
1: She said. She said um, fuck that. Yeah, that, yes that Jeez. is the line that was filmed that is the and line it's
2: very in, obvious that is <laughs> yes that is the
1: line in the script again DreamWorks decided yeah. they wanted a PG rating Sigourney was brought back to do the dial you know the the fill-in dialogue and she purposely did it horribly so that it would be obvious what she really said that
2: was (laughs) well i love it and and i mean i love her for that yes the moment i still wish they would have done something in the effects wise um effects wise to um i don't know make it less obvious it was just kind of like oh we're not going to do this but we're we're not i don't know it it's a filmmaking choice
3: yeah
1: and
2: they made it or i guess the director didn't make it the studio made it um
1: yeah, they want to But other geez. than that, um, yeah. Yeah. Nope. I, uh, for my negative, I have nothing. So.
3: Moving on to our no. other positive. No, I really, <laughs> oh, I, can't do it. <laughs> I, I,
1: I really, you guys already scraped the barely there surface. I, I was originally going to go something along the same lines as Sean uh, for, like, Potential sequel could be the only possible negative. Um, it really is a well put together film. I, I wouldn't change a thing. Like, I know everyone's performance is stellar. I (laughs) did. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, positive. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually gonna go with the 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 aliens, the between Ceres and the Thermians and all his people, the color schemes, like the the I have to assume the practical effects because they hold up so well, but they really hold up well. I mean they, mm-hmm. watch it today it, it doesn't feel outdated, it doesn't feel cheesy. Ceres is believable, you know, the, mm-hmm. the whole his warship with its greens and its kind of like organic bug-like slime and like just just a way they kind of create those two dynamics. Thermians have you know the the nice clean ship, the blues, the the cool hues, and then he's this slimy, nasty green and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, those. Those those effects really hold up well. The space battles, like, the, with the ships and everything, looks great to this day. The mine sequence, I mean, stellar, stellar effects throughout. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
2: Yeah, uh, Stan Winston. Was it Stan? Stan Winston Studios, the one that did nice. the uh, Saris and his, his creatures.
1: I can believe it. So... Uh, all right, Jesse, we're back to you. Positive.
2: Um It's just so damn funny. Yes. <laughs> like like and not again, like you guys said, not like spoof mocking funny. Mm-hmm. Like I mean there's definitely some you know, it's like oh of course his shirt's off again, you know, like I don't you know, that, that kind of stuff. They take But they it's take, like so playful and yeah. fun. It's not mm-hmm. They take you know, digs
1: at the tropes. But it's funny yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: those tropes exist;
1: like they're they're a yeah. thing. It's not, and there's there's no potty humor, you know. There's no, there's none of that. It's just it's good, clean, yeah. fun. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. like uh, like I said, I think um was it Tony Shaloub's character? Um, yeah, um, I, I was just watching this. I don't know. Why I can never remember any like the character yeah. names. Like um, Chen, that's what it is. I want I Chen. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, honestly, one of my favorites. Chen. But you know, Guy has yeah. all of the best lines in the movie. Like, is there air? Can you breathe? You know, and he holds his yeah. breath. And I don't know how many times I've like for no reason said, "Can you make some sort of rudimentary lathe?" Like
0: he's done that to me in real life many times. <laughs> yes, he actually has. Uh, you know, and you know how <laughs> so
2: just randomly. Howling like, Grignac as a chant right. will get stuck in my mind. Right. You know, it's just—it's yeah, it's just—it's yeah, it's just, it's so
1: funny. It is. It's uh, you know the whole, the whole red shirt trope. I mean, I, uh-huh. I thought I was the guy who stayed behind the ship and died, but now I'm worried that I'm the guy that goes on the uh, down to the planet and dies. Guy, you're going to be fine. No, I'm not. I don't even have a last name. Guy, you have a last name. Do I? Do, Do I? I? Do I? <laughs>
0: Have you ever watched the show? I like those. They're so cute. Oh, look at the little miners! No, don't. I'm telling you, in a minute, they're
1: going to do something horrible. I hate being right (laughs) all the (laughs) time. (laughs) And I love, I I love that. I love that too. Like guys all freaking out about the last name thing, and we don't find out his last name until that epilogue when they had the credits. You know, and he's on the TV show. Then it's like, up until then, it is literally just guy.
0: Like, oh, you're, you're, yep.
1: Yep. you're definitely going to die. Like, there's no way you <laughs> and, survive this.
0: And it, it's like, not only did they just give him a, a last name, but it's Guy Fleegman. Yeah. And then underneath it, he's security officer Rock Ingersoll. Like, my God, yeah. they gave him the longest names ever. Rock. Because the poor guy only was going by Guy for so long.
1: You know he named himself, too. <laughs> like, he came up with I'm like, sure. Call me Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! You guys remember me? I was on episode seventy-one. I died by by the lava monster.
3: Ah, it's it's the glasses. Uh,
1: Wait, you're doing the plan from episode seventy-one? Are you sure? Are you sure? Why
0: is it that guy? I died in episode seventy-one. I maybe was fifty-one. And when Chen gets taken down, you know, by
2: the tentacles of, you know, oh, that's not right. Like (laughs) like, everybody's (laughs) delivery is so yes. I think that's why that negative stands out for me is because like everything's so genuine and everything feels so sincere. Even even the the tropes and the comedy and all that stuff. That you know, yeah. Like, even the guys making fun of him in the bathroom at the beginning, yes, you know, that sets that. Jason's character, like, down that path, like, was completely realistic. Like, just, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of teenagers or early 20 some guys, like, just mocking, you know. 19,
1: 1986, William Shatner was at a Star Trek convention. He went into a stall, and he heard a similar conversation. They base that scene one hundred percent on Shatner's story of being at this convention. Like that's Oh
3: wow.
1: Yeah, it's all it's all true to form. That's what I'm saying. And that's like we said before, that's what builds this. That's what that's why we believe in it. Because it's believable, you know? Mm -hmm. And then they just take it to the extreme to where they actually get to go into space. Yeah. Yeah. So good.
2: Sean Yeah, none of the Oh, oh, so yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, sorry. I thought I thought you were done. Yeah. It. No, it, it's a different thought. Go ahead. All right, Sean, positive.
0: Oh. Positive for me is, uh, I guess this kind of goes hand in hand with what I said earlier about the heart of the movie, but I, to this day, absolutely love that it is a movie written about people who are in over their heads trying to just do the right thing.
3: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And, and it, it really, it, it's that whole... You know, for, for those thermines, they see them as the heroes on the screen, but you got to start with something inside of those characters to make it that they are able to become heroes by the end of that movie. Right. And, and that is something that that's why this stands up as a better movie than a parody every day yes. of the week for me. Um, just the fact, like, uh, you have scenes of like, you know, like I love, I love in the beginning of the movie, when they see the footage of their original captain getting tortured yeah. uh, by Saris and all of them are watching it at the uh, lunchroom and you even see guy there going, yeah, you know, like he's got that kind of look at and, and even Tim Allen's like, Oh God, you know, and they're all like wincing and flinching and everything. And they're all running to get off the ship. And because they can't get off the ship, they rise to the occasion. Yes. And, and I, I absolutely love that it's that and it's, it's them going, we need to help these people once they see they, they are dying. And they're, and, and that's the other moment. But when, when, um, I, I uh, Balthazar is it, right? The, the leader. Mathazar. Uh, Mathazar, Mathazar. Yep. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I love, I love when, uh, Tim Allen, after, after he gets back from being, fighting the rock monster, he's like, all right. You know, you can warm us up. You can drop us off. You can yep. go home. You can be back for dinner. And he's like, we are all that's left. Yep. And I love that that's that moment. It's that turn there that makes them go, we got to do this for them. Yeah. And it's like, they, I, I am such a huge fan of those moments and I'm such a sucker for those moments, but they didn't need to put it in the movie. And they did.
3: Yeah.
1: And
0: that's part of why it's special to me in that way.
1: Even just the, well, you know, when, Nesmith has to admit to Mathazar that, you know, they're. We lied. We lied. They're TV shows. Yeah. It's not real. Because, of course, you know, Saris, once he finally sees them, he's like, he knows exactly what it is. And he. And just the crush on Mathazar's face, like, what? Like, their whole religion, their whole way of life is just, like, screwed. But then. But then on the flip side, once they save the ship, they defeat Saris, and Mathazar comes in and he's like, Oh, the ship was a model (laughs) that big. Oh, you guys, you are
3: so funny. You
1: know, like, his faith is just restored, and, you know, it's like, okay, that's that. You know, that's what these people need. They need to believe in this. And, yeah, our heroes rose up to the occasion. Yeah. Well,
2: the cool thing about that and i'm glad i didn't say because i almost stole your thunder because i was going to say they all all the cat like the human cast of characters had to do was do their jobs from when they were on the show
3: yes Mm -hmm.
2: they 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 didn't have to be creative they just had they just had to act their character because i love that when sigourney weaver is like Uh, I forget who yells at her for repeating the computer. She's like, look, I had one job on this and I am going to do it to the best of my, or whatever she said.
3: And it's
2: just like, as she leans into it and as Jason's character like leans into being the leader and and like you were saying, you know, they, 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 (laughs) they reconnected with who their characters were. Yep. They were able to do all the things. So like, it wasn't normal people doing extraordinary things, saving the day. It was normal people, taken into an extraordinary situation and doing what they already knew how to do and coming together and putting the other people first that saved the mm-hmm. i love that.
1: Well, the other that i love that scene Go ahead, man. towards the end when they're down trying to get to the to the 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 button to stop it, and they they have to go through the choppers and the flames and everything else. And Sigourney Weaver, whoever wrote this episode deserves to die. (laughs) (laughs) Why would this even be here?
3: (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's so true too. You get into these things like, oh yeah, it sounded great for the episode, but it makes no practical sense. (laughs) Yeah, Uh,
3: anyway, love it.
1: Oh, and we did, and we didn't even talk about it. one last thing I want to bring up here because we 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 didn't. I mean, a little bit, but um, the fans, you know, Justin Long in his film mm-hmm. debut, leading those those goofy nerds that you know, what they're asking Jason about, you know, oh well, what in one scene in one episode this did this, and in another episode it did this, so which one is it? What's going on? And it's like. And just kind of the vindication when it's like they're the ones that they had to lean on because they're the the fans are the ones who keep the properties alive. They know the ins and outs, and for them to really be the the heroes of the day, because you know Jason and you know uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, they couldn't have made it down there if it wasn't for Mm -hmm. those guys. You know they wouldn't have known what the omega thirteen potentially did without them. Like so, at the end of the day, it was the fans who, you know, keep the properties alive, help save the day. It's just kind of a neat allegory there
0: where it's like, yeah, it's all for the fans. It's all because of the fans. And they, yeah. and they're lucky that they met optimistic fans. Right. Because I like that when uh, they're talking about the Omega-13, yeah. and Justin Long's like, well, some people think it's, you know, you have 13 seconds and then reality is going to just die. Right. It but in, in My Friends and My it's it's a maybe you have 13 seconds to redo something and right. I, I kind of like that you know his version was the positive optimistic version and I like that he's like it, it, maybe you have 13 seconds to do this and I like that it's like what can you do in 13 seconds you can take back a mistake you know single and that's the mistake. best that he's get. single yep. mistake you know and, uh, that's what I'm saying so yeah everything they drop builds to something yes everything. exactly. oh
2: and Along with them, I love that Like his mom's giving him grief about taking out the trash and doing his chores <laughs> yes. while he's like... She thinks he's just being yeah. a nerdy kid, but he's actually yeah.
0: like sitting at <laughs> people.
3: Yeah.
2: Mom, go.
0: where
2: are you going
1: with
0: all those fireworks? <laughs> <laughs> this, the ship's coming in too hot. We gotta light the way. Oh, oh, okay. There's at seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll throw back to that. I love, since
2: uh, you were talking about the fans keeping it alive, and just because I love Star Wars, the fact that um in season one of the Mandalorian they got so many actual like five o first guys and, yes. and ladies to be the stormtroopers because there weren't enough actual stormtrooper costumes, yep. like, and now all those people have you know on screen used right. accurate year you know so it's just it's a dream for them and it's cool just as a fan that like i'm never going to be that guy no but maybe someday in something
1: but it's cool yeah um, like you said it's cool that they got that opportunity they got to you know and they were recognized for the work they've done for nothing other than you know just their own enjoyment you know they would have done well, it no matter what the charity so like, of it yeah right yeah. so it just it's great to pay back to the community like that and yeah God is such a great
3: movie.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. uh, anything else you guys want to bring up uh, about Galaxy Quest?
0: Uh, I I I don't have like a top anything list of movies. I've never been the guy for right. to be able to pull that off. It just it, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't work for me. It's too much to think about, but. I I, if I had to come up with a list it would probably be very close to top ten in the top ten somewhere because of the rewatchability because of the adventure and the heart and everything else the comedy I mean it all still holds up to this day if I hear Guy losing his mind I will just sit there and laugh my butt off still yeah it's one of
1: those it's it's if you're gonna ask me to name a perfect movie or as near perfect as you can get, this would be it.
0: I'll say,
2: I every time I watch it, I always—it's not the same thing every time—but I'll always forget like one or two things. I'm like, oh yeah, that was this movie, and like yeah. get all excited about you know. There's always one little thing, and I've watched this movie dozens of times. You know, but there's always just like, oh right, yeah, they, they did the thing or the. You know, catching different people's expressions in the background, or the you know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: absolutely. There's always something. Yeah,
3: oh,
1: so well done, a masterpiece. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, if, and if any of you out there have not seen this movie, I just the fact that you're listening to this podcast leads me to believe that you need to. So go on, check it out. Um, Real quick here before we sign. Train alert! <laughs> real quick here before we sign off. <laughs> we do have our usual quick takes. These are off the cuff questions. Um, first thought that comes to mind. So, uh, and remember, not applicable is always an answer. Uh, in light of the news that started off the episode, uh, favorite X Man. Jesse Rogue. <laughs> Broke. <laughs> Colossus. And I'll go Iceman, but Nightcrawler's a close oh. second. So, uh, Favorite Power
0: Ranger. Not applicable. I don't, uh, I've never watched Power yeah. Rangers enough to have... I'll, I'll, uh, uh, Amy Jo Johnson, because she's hot. How about that? Hey. I, she's my pink ranger. I'll go with her. <laughs> Jesse's a no. I,
2: I don't remember the actress's name. Um uh, she was Jasmine in the live action Aladdin. She was in the last Power Rangers movie.
0: Oh, oh yeah, that's right. No, that's it's the only Look one I've him. ever watched. Look at him go.
2: It's the only one it's the only one I've ever watched, so
1: the correct answer I can get was behind the, that too. The correct answer was uh, the Green Ranger from Mighty Morphin. Come on, guys, get it together. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not
2: my generation. <laughs> <It is.
1: laughs> we're the old fogies here true enough I <laughs> thought that one might be a stretch but I threw it in there anyways alright guys thanks for tuning in to Legends of Grayskull Offworld talking about Galaxy Quest we hope you guys had a good time and remember until next time never give up never surrender yeah
2: <laughs> my grandpa's
0: <laughs> yeah no kidding